The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 250. I wanted to start off to just say kind of thank you uh, so much if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even if you're new to the podcast. Uh, I, I just want to say thank you. It's, uh, I'm really happy to to have arrived at this landmark of, of two, 250 podcasts. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's been such a joy to, to, uh, to make this podcast and, uh, you know, so many people have contacted me uh, about it to, to let me know that it's been helpful for them and so you know um, thank you and uh, I very much hope we can continue for another 250 so onwards and upwards now if you are struggling with OCD or anxiety then you can get a free session with me hey to get that all you need to do is to head over to my podcast uh, to my podcast to my website which is robertjamescoaching.com uh, there you can use my Canonly to book yourself that free session. Uh, or if you like, you can send me a message and let me know about what you're struggling with. In today's podcast, I interview uh, Gus Hoyt. Gus is a trained Wim Hof instructor, advanced oxygen advantage instructor and conscious uh, breathwork coach. He has been playing and experimenting with this practice and meditation uh, for the past 20 years. Gus first became interested in the health benefits of breathwork, cold exposure and meditation as a free diver off the Dorset coast, an activity that opened the door to a new world and perspective on life. Since then, he has pursued uh, many high-stress careers around the world, first as a professional chef, then an internationally, internationally acclaimed environmental campaigner. Uh, he served as an elected city representative on the local, national and international stage and even spent a year working as a cowboy in the mountains of Colorado. Impressive. Uh, Gus studied psychology and philosophy at university and uh, advanced uh, physiology as part of his paramedic training in Colorado, which halted at the EMT level with his return back to the UK. Over the last three years, he returned to his source and is now a professional breath, cold exposure and confidence coach. Gus works with uh, semi-professional athletes, those suffering from crippling anxiety, as well as anyone wanting to dig deep within their psyche and become the best versions of themselves, no matter what their persuasion. Um, I think you'll find this is a, a really interesting conversation. Gus is a fascinating guy, really nice guy. Um, you know, has had a lot of experience himself with anxiety and depression uh, throughout his life. And he shares, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the things that he's learnt uh, over the years uh, about how to deal with these things. And obviously, he's also a Wim Hof Method instructor, a breathwork coach, a confidence coach. 
And so he really does bring a lot to the table. So I really hope that you uh, that you enjoy. Um, as always, if you have any questions or if you want to know uh, if you want to know more, then uh, please do let me know. And if you want to get in touch uh, with Gus, I'll include uh, his uh, his links and things in the uh, in the show notes, so you can find that there. So many thanks, guys, and I hope you enjoy. Hi Gus, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we actually just did this re- recording um, without recording um, for the first five minutes, and so this is the second time of uh, of asking you to uh, to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so yeah, if you wouldn't mind, that would be great. Yeah, cheers, Rob, and thanks for having us. And yeah, it wouldn't be the twenty twenties without a Zoom mishap at some point, would it? So, yeah, <laughs> Cool. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a um, currently I'm a functional breathwork coach and a Wim Hof instructor. Um, it's a fairly recent life change. So before that, from sort of like my my late teens, early twenties, um, I was working in professional kitchens. Uh, kind of worked my way up from pot wash all the way to chef, and then as a, as a chef, worked my way around the world. Um, it was a very high stress high stress uh, environment. Um, which I really enjoyed and I kind of thrived off at the time uh, and uh, yeah took me around the world um, and then kind of through that uh, started to think about really where my food came from um, so you know what you know it wasn't just food that we we're ordering from the from the warehouse or the stockets you know where was it coming from um, you know not just the vegetables and the forage stuff you know all, all of it really started looking at food systems so very quickly then uh, kind of fell into environmentalism and environmental campaigning, uh, looking at food systems, became a food campaigner. And then about 15 years ago, um, always do a little bit of a cough around the date. <laughs> about 15 <laughs> years ago, I uh, I did my master's in, um, in environmental studies and then uh, moved to Bristol to get involved. Bristol's where I'm, I'm still based now and um, got involved in green politics and uh, kind of very quickly got elected and then selected to sit on the mayor's cabinet as well. So you kind of um, went from a high stress environment to a higher stress environment to an even higher stress environment to one you can't even put litmus paper to it. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because uh, before we we kind of uh, started the the podcast, we were talking about, you know, some of the struggles that you actually had. Uh, with anxiety and, and depression and, and and these things and it's interesting that you know throughout this uh earlier part of your life you were choosing to put yourself in in jobs and positions where you were consistently under you know quite a lot of pressure and and stress and you know you you mentioned before that actually something this, this was something that you felt that you you needed mm. um but it turns out that there's an there's another side to the story here. Yeah, it's it's really interesting with with a stressful environment. I think we see it a lot, um, you know, a, a lot around us. You know, in a sort of you know, I can't remember who who coined this phrase, but you know, the cult of being busy. You know, we've got to be busy because it distracts us from everything else that we actually need to be doing in our lives, or should be maybe focusing on in our lives. Um, and I was certainly very guilty of that, or um, you know, suffered from suffered from signing up to that cult um and also the adrenaline you know that the the adrenaline hit the thriving on the adrenaline um you know that's a lifestyle in itself so when you're then not getting the adrenaline you know you feel as if the you know the volume's been turned down on life so 
you know, I was kind of almost chasing the next high all the time. So, you know, going into a more stressful environment, working harder, you know, in a professional kitchen, everything needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect now. Mm. Uh, and that's kind of a pressure I applied to myself throughout my further careers, which certainly helped me. Um, but at the same time, well, helped my career and helped, what, helped the projects I was working on, but it didn't help me. Didn't help me as an individual, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, a big, big kind of uh, part of uh, what I talk about is stories that that we tell ourselves. Um, you know, and for a, a long time, I was telling myself a very unhelpful, negative story that was kind of keeping me me stuck. And I think so many people who are struggling with m- mental health issues in one way or another are a little bit stuck with an unhelpful story. Um, you know, it does sound like this kind of, um, you know, applies to, to what you're talking about here that, you know, you felt that you needed to have that stress and anxiety, but it it turns out that when you, uh, began to, to do things a little bit differently, Uh your, your story changed. What, how, how did it change? But it, it, and that is that, that is something you know that's quite fascinating, and I, and I like uh, you know I do like to visit that quite a lot, and you know have found it you know it's still changing now. Mm. But yeah, I think the stories the stories we tell ourselves we can sometimes be very precious about because we think they are us, mm. um, but they're not. Of course, it's just our interpretation of events that we've just told ourselves in a certain combination so many times that we think it's the you know it's it's the truth, mm. um, and. Actually, a, a really good example of 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 this was one time. It was actually over in Struer, so it was over at Wim's house. Mm. It was during, like like the early stages of our training over there. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. had a nice bath. I was right next to the like the big man himself, and <laughs> like, he, like he just you know, he didn't say anything. He was in the ice bath, but he just like looked at me in the eyes with you know with those steely blue eyes of his. And um, afterwards, when I was getting changed, I just like burst into tears and burst into laughter, and then burst into tears and burst into laughter again. I was like, "What the hell's that?" And then suddenly this flash came to me and I realized that I was telling myself that the depression that I suffer from is a part of me and therefore I've always needed to protect it. And I've almost nurtured it. I've realized in my life, I've kind of nurtured that depression because I need that because it's a part of who I am. And that's what helps me be creative because I basically would like to be a writer and an artist and all this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that depression is, that's that's what helps me become a better artist mm. bollocks because you never write draw do anything when you're depressed you know that you, you know, all you do is sit and stare at the telly at the most in those situations you know if anything it totally holds you back yeah so yeah i suddenly thought all of my you know for, for the past at least couple of decades you know i've been telling myself this was an essential part of me what a load of crap yeah i really relate i really relate to that um that is that is something that's so true i really resonate with with that um unfortunately i think a lot of people are doing that um mm-hmm. and and Definitely. often it is related to creativity like if i'm going to be created then i have to suffer yeah 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 the suffering artist isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah which is all kind of toxic behaviors doesn't it yeah well, yeah, I mean, uh, if you, I mean, we're going to get on to talking about alcohol and things in, in just a minute. Um, <laughs> but certainly, you know, alcohol and drugs and all of that kind of stuff can can uh, 
can be a big part of that as well um yep. you know where the idea is that you know i need to i need to be like kind of uh abusing my body with alcohol and drugs in order to be creative and it's like yep absolutely so false on so many levels i mean it's but it's and it really, and it really doesn't ha- it really doesn't help you know when you know like yeah the, you know the the rock stars of like the 90s and stuff when i was growing up you know decadence was you know that that was front, you know front and foremost and then all, all you know all, all the sort of great american writers if you like you know they're all a bunch of total alcoholics mm, um, hemingway and, and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Car- Carac, you know, every, like yeah really like yeah. a lot um so yeah i mean you know with, with, without jumping too far ahead into the drinking and stuff like that when i was drinking too much i thought i oh, know kind of like you said you know i thought oh but you know that's what that's what creative people do you know that that that's that's the release that's you know that's a normal thing so yeah yeah absolutely okay and helpful story for sure yeah okay and so um so you've just kind of talked there about how in the ice itself you were able to have mm. this this breakthrough so what kind of drew you uh, initially to to the Wim Hof method and what were some of the benefits that you started to to notice from it so yeah sort of um the short the short version of that story really was um sort of around my mid or early to mid 30s um my body was definitely starting to really suffer from all the like the continuous stress so you know high stress jobs you know working minimum 10 hours a day um and then afterwards uh drinking too much so putting my body in even more stress which i thought was bringing myself down at the time but of course mm, yeah. from what i know now i just yeah. bring myself on the more stress so you know decades of doing this really took its toll and i kind of just woke up one day kind of you know almost battered and bruised from the inside out and just thought you know one this is no way to live and two probably i'm not going to carry on living if i carry on along this path much longer you know that's in my like early to mid-30s yeah um and yeah realized realized i need to make some you know pretty big massive changes um and to cut a long story short i realized like one of the happiest times that i was happy just in myself like being in myself um was when i was into scuba diving and free diving um and couldn't do that living in bristol but what i could do was you know water cold water and breathing so i started to get into cold water and breathing mm. you know, cold showers two or three a day you know all that sort of thing um tried to get into meditation really didn't take with that like really didn't take the meditation that, um, so you're doing two two or three cold showers a day yeah 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 so i was doing one first thing in the morning one after a gym um and then yeah one one in the evening which i found oh, so you're really going for it with the uh, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. yeah 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 one of those people that yeah well, especially more so then, <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> when I found something, I'd, I'd fully, pardon the public, like fully immerse myself in it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I think it's a very familiar story there. I think when, you know, when people do start to explore with the Wim Hof method, it's certainly it was the case with me. You know, I, I noticed the benefits fairly quickly and, you know, you could see that it's, it's, it's something that if you keep doing it, then, you know, it, it will change your life. Um, yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and then you know escalating from the cold showers to the ice bath and that's when that's kind of when the epiphany started to come you know that's when I started to really you know really just cut out all that noise all that well it does doesn't it I mean you know you you know you know when you're in an ice bath all the bullshit that's bounces around in your head just disappears and you're just really in the here and now 
um and uh and that yeah that that just really helped me sort of um yeah just put things in perspective really and just slow it all down look at all the different stories and um yeah I'd sort of say you know like I'm a, a student of history and things like this um but then we never look into our own history we just kind of take it for granted so it actually helped me look back at myself and and test those truths that I'd been telling myself all my life um absolutely beneficial yeah sounds amazing um what do you uh how, how do you see acceptance in in the Wim Hof method because I think that was um a big part of what I found so beneficial I know with OCD and anxiety you know one of the most important things really is is to stop resisting the difficult emotions and uh, experiences that you're that you're having um you know we're in our culture today we're so focused on feeling good and comfortable all the time um and we don't want the other side of the coin you know we want to be happy all the time we want to be comfortable all the time and uh you know acceptance is is something that really changed my life um for for me personally when i first came across the word acceptance though you know i understood what it meant in terms of anxiety and 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 things but i i couldn't do it i was like this sounds like a great idea mindfulness and all this stuff brilliant <laughs> But the the practical reality of it was very hard. Um, what, what's your experience been of uh, of acceptance? I'd say, I'd say it kind of goes in swings and roundabouts. And I, yeah, I have an interesting, I'd say, relationship with that one as well. And kind of prior to that, yeah, you know, thinking you've always got to be happy because I suffered from depression as well. There were times mm. when I really wasn't. But in my creative life, you know, I always wanted to be high or low. Like I didn't yeah. like that, that in between. Mm. Um, and yeah something something which just really comes to you in a nice bath I don't I don't know if it's ex acceptance exactly yes well no I suppose it is really but it's just that it's just that state of being like you're just there in the moment the moment previously doesn't exist and the one yet to come you really shouldn't think about because then you're just going to really realize how uncomfortable you are and yeah. it just really helps you bring yourself fully like fully because um you know the the ice bath is well the cold is a tool but like the ice bath is like a bloody sledgehammer like you know it's it's brutal um and it just brings you so much to the now that yeah um yeah, I, I I just find I can kind of carry that through my my daily life. Um, not so that I've always got to be maximizing the now, because you know that's that's I think the same kind of thing as you know always trying to be happy, um, but just fully being present in the now I've found is something that that that's really given to me. Absolutely. Um, and and if I go a long time, so like in the in the heat wave that we had here, when my I've got a wheelie bin that I use out the back, Brexit Britain, but um, <laughs> full of water, um, and couldn't afford, you know, ice every time. So you need about thirty kilos of ice to get that that down to temperature. And I really noticed, like, my depression, funnily enough, coming back in the um, in the summertime. You know, when it's all summer, everyone's really happy. But because I wasn't being able to do the ice bath and bring me to that to the now again. Oh wow! I see, see it all slipping away, which is quite fascinating. I thought. 
Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of you're you're going into into the the pain. You're doing the opposite of 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 really what we uh, you know are trying to do when we when you try to escape depression, which is just to mm-hmm. force happiness, um, which we know does not work at all. In fact, it does the it does the opposite. Absolute opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so when you actually purposefully go into the discomfort it mm. you know it it really allows us to 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 learn more deeply and intuitively okay this is acceptance this is this is what it mm. is this is bloody painful you know there's a part of me that wants to do everything i can to get the hell out of here but i'm going to stay <laughs> yeah. and even i'm going to put a smile on my face whilst i stay you know, and, uh, you know, people take it to the next step and have a pool party in the ice bath, um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, have you explored much with kind of um, NLP techniques and, and and things to do with with the cold? Um, so I, I haven't known, like, I, I had a bit of a weird um, experience with an NLP practitioner, hmm. a good, good sort of 10 or so years ago. And, and, and I must admit, I haven't really gone, gone, gone too, too much back into that. Hmm. Um, but but just to, just to your previous point there as well yeah. about, about about the ice bath as well, and you know I think it's I think it's quite important to say and I, I think you know just about like talking about mental health is pretty important. Mm. You know the more we talk about it, the more accepting everyone else is, and the more everyone else can talk about it. Same about ice baths. Like I never really want to take an ice bath. <laughs> like <laughs> each time, each time when I'm st- stood there in my shorts looking at it, I do have a little thought inside of me going the bloody hell are you doing with your life <laughs> but the moment you're in there the moment you get that wave of i suppose the acceptance which you were talking about that wave that just goes through the body mm. you're like this is why i do it okay and then you're just clean sailing then for days afterwards even weeks sometimes yeah yeah well it's you know it's that resistance that is so often at the heart of uh a lot of problems where we you know we don't when something difficult uh is in front of us there's a there's a part of us that just does not want to engage with that difficult thing oh um, i've got a perfect example so two weeks ago i had to do my tax mm. I hate doing my tax and i used to literally i'm not kidding you like four or five years ago i used to have full-on like panic attacks just thinking like even if i took the folder out the drawer that said tax on it and i had like my unique tax number like yeah I start palpitations and like my heart rate would go through the roof um <laughs> last year sorry not, not laughing at you but it's uh it's hard yeah I, I i i really dislike tax uh but as well, two weeks it? ago two yeah. weeks ago so not like last year but yeah two weeks ago i um took the folder out sat down i had two days cleared in my diary i sat down didn't even need to really do that much breath work i just sat down and did it yeah and afterwards i literally just kind of like you know just kind of did a little bit of a ha that's pretty fascinating isn't it yeah 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 have you read the the book go into those difficult situations and know that we're okay yeah absolutely have you have you uh, read the book um i think it's the war of art by by stephen pressfield if you come across that no 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 ping me Um, a link that's that yeah, it's a fantastic book where he he basically talks about this, but in, in a different uh-huh. way. So he's a writer, uh, obviously, um, and he uh, 
And he he basically talks about the importance of if you are a writer, you know, every day, sit down at a specific time, and uh, and just start writing. Yeah, Stephen even, King did the same, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Even if if nonsense comes out, just write for an hour nonstop, and at some point, you know, some hopefully something good will come. Sometimes it doesn't, but if <laughs> it, at least if you sit down and you start doing it then you know you're in the habit of doing that each day and good things will will come from that eventually um yeah. you know and he and he calls it resistance he's like whenever we have something creative uh, or important to us that we want to do this resistance always comes up and it does and and like you know my you know i mentioned perfection when i was talking about you know the, the chefing earlier on that's something which stayed with me and was definitely you know like you know, I, I always thought, oh, perfectionism is a good thing, but no, it's a real millstone around my neck. And it totally did like, the opposite of what you were just talking about. It stopped me actually starting and mm. looking at that page and writing yeah. because I thought I had to produce something, you know, the first draft would be perfect, you know, or it was no good. You know, the amount of half-written novels I've thrown in the bit, literally thrown in the bin, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. yes, that, that it's, what's the expression like, um, to, um progress not perfection um mm. that thing which a yeah. coach a couple of years ago mentioned and that that really struck a chord it's like yeah putting one foot in front of the other and just doing something absolutely um, leads to so much more than any kind of yeah yeah just absolutely just, just do it. Just start something yeah yeah you're spot on i mean and it's a really important message for people with ocd because perfectionism is really at the heart of it you know, mm -hmm. wanting to feel certain about things before you get started or, um, and unfortunately yeah, it's scary, it's scary as hell doing it, but like, yeah, once you start, it really is empowering kind of like stepping into the ice bath, that first step, mm. bloody terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, immersing yeah. yourself, question what the hell you've done with your life, but then very soon after <laughs> you start to get all the benefits that come along. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. That's <laughs> yeah, really fascinating. Um, okay, and so so all of this is has led to you, uh, you know, obviously becoming a Wim Hof instructor and, and sharing this with other people. Uh, you're very active. You're you know you're working a lot uh, as, as an instructor. Um, so um, just to kind of change tack a little bit though, because uh, mm -hmm. wary of time, um, you know, I wanted to ask you as well about uh, about alcohol and and uh, because you um recently or, or two years ago now no it's uh, it's been two years you you decided to to stop drinking alcohol as as part of this uh mission i i, I imagine yeah. you haven't really uh, told me what kind of so maybe i can start there what what kind of kick-started yeah. uh that 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 big change in your life again i'd say it was it was kind of like you know the, the peeling back the layers and the looking at the stories that i was telling myself um mm. you know after or you know at sort of like three quarters of the way through breath work when you start to get these you know amazing ideas that pop into your head and then you know luckily they they drift away but come back later even even more formed um but yeah i was yeah just you know I, i've always sort of i suppose you know from like like late teens onwards you know drinking was very much a big part of my life you know i grew up in the uk um you know like late 90s as well I was 10 20 in the late 90s so you know there was there was all that going on um living in Camden at the time too um so you know party central and that was normal 
like that 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 was that was the that was the line which like defined normality to me um and then working in the chef um or in in any professional kitchen um yeah. uh you know you know you finish and then you you know you make up for lost time you know you've only got a couple hours before the bars close so you drink quickly you know and that's and that was the normal because you were just around everyone else around you was doing the same so i kind of had no no kind of um uh sort of real sense of sort of you know normality around drinking and all this sort of stuff and that definitely carried on so you know the you know the more stressful jobs i had you know i'd carry on drinking um you know never woke up in the morning craving a drink or anything like that um so i didn't think i had any problems with it um but the more i got into the breath work and the more i got into the ice bath as well like that's where i've had quite a lot of my epiphanies um you realize that yeah it's not doing you any favors and it's probably holding you back and again what are these stories you're telling yourselves so i always sort of said you know i'm a drinker like that would be part of like you know if i had to write down personality traits being a drinker would be one of them um i thought actually like i've always thought that as like a positive trait why the hell do i think of that as a positive like you know, <laughs> if i smoke cigarettes would i think smoking cigarettes is a positive trait no so yeah. so you know, why have i thought this around drinking and it was actually about three or four years ago. I, I gave up for the first, well, I've given up like a bit throughout my life and stuff. But um, yeah, try, tried giving up about three, four years ago and did for about a year or something like that. And then just started drinking again um, and realized that it does creep back up on you. You know, once yeah. you take an extended break, you actually, you know, you're more aware of it basically, aren't you? You brought your yeah. awareness there. Um, so it's something that you just do offhand because it's a habit. Um, you then realize, you know, it's getting back, it's coming back into your life and you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, but, um, then gosh, just, yeah, just, just shy of about two years now, no, maybe not two years. Yeah. Anyway, let's just say about two years ago, um, I decided actually, you know, that's it. I'll just knock it on the head. Um, and, and, you know, like just become a non-drinker and go alcohol free um and at first it was really quite interesting because I felt like I'd like I realized now I'd, I went through a phase of grieving which might sound absolutely bonkers but I'd basically said goodbye to a friend not a good friend kind of like a pretty shitty friend at times but a fun friend too um that I'd be hanging around with for like 20 years um or a little bit longer um so actually i think i went through like a little little form of like a grieving process at first mm, yeah fascinating looking back yeah 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 well it's a completely different life that yeah. you're that you're taking taking on board um you know you don't have that opportunity anymore um you know to kind of just say well it's friday i'm mm -hmm. feeling exhausted and and knackered and you know what i'm just gonna go meet my mate I deserve and i deserve a drink i deserve it i deserve to get drunk and have you know <laughs> five or six pints and uh let go let loose you know yep. and and even if you're in a bad mood you you know that you can have a few beers and feel better um yep. push all that stuff down yep and, it, and it's exactly the same kind of patterns with you know chasing after the the stressful you know the the, the the stressful um job and, and lifestyle you know that that was destructive it wasn't it wasn't doing me any good mm. and, you know, nor was the nor was the drinking so you know i'd managed to change the the professional life um and, well starting to change the professional life i have now mm. um 
and I, yeah, I just started to look at the other aspects, and yeah, the, the drinking was certainly one. Okay. Um, yeah. And what what are some of the benefits then that you've that you've noticed since since doing this? Obviously, it was hard at first, but yep. Well, at first, I think you kind of also, like, or I was at that time, like consumed with a new kind of zeal. So you know, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd made a big decision, like I'd. I'd thought about quitting a few times and sort of gone off, gone back on and stuff like that. But this was the time I thought, no, no, I'm going to live my life alcohol free and I'm going to be alcohol free. So like I sort of, you know, put that new definition down and, you know, it, it was very empowering to be honest. Yeah. I mean, and particularly, I mean, in the UK to, <laughs> to yeah. make that kind of decision <laughs> where, you know, we are a big drinking nation, um, you know, so to do that is it's a, it's a pretty big decision to, to make. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, it's a big statement, and also a lot of people think that you're criticising them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit like with vegans and 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 um, vegetarianisms. You know, carnivores think the presence of a vegan in the room means that they're you know that, that they're being accused of being a bad person. It's not. It's just another person with a different point of view. So it's in the room. That's all. But yeah, the um, uh, with 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 like the drinking and the giving up. Um, I think I had like this main kind of zeal and and you know huge amount of self-worth to begin with. But when I found it started to get difficult was after about a month or two. Because um just doing it just on sort of you know pure, pure bloody mindedness and willpower and all that sort of thing, you know, that starts to wear off after after a little bit of time. Um and that's when you start thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'll just have a beer, you know, it's fine to have a beer, isn't it? And you know thoughts like that pop into your mind which practicing breath work you can take a nice deep breath in into the belly through the nose close your eyes feel into the body because you've done lots of breath work you can attune very quickly um but if you're inexperienced at breath work it might take three to five breaths feel into the body and just really feel into what you want and you realize actually having a drink is not what you want maybe it's like something sugary maybe you're a bit hungry maybe you need a nap you know maybe you just need to have a good laugh with friends yeah um and you know it yeah the, that's when the breath the breath work and the attunement and the and the really listening to what my body needed that's 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 when those skills really came into their own actually mm, absolutely okay so so you got through that th- those difficult times mm-hmm. so w- was there a point where it became a lot easier or is it still is it still like a challenge, you know, like 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 that? Oh, every, every now and again, yeah, it always pops up. And actually, I, I saw this really good um, interview with, uh, and it just randomly came on um, one of the YouTube things I was watching actually about a month ago. But um, yeah, it's uh, Jonathan Ross and uh, what's his name, Iron Man, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm, yeah, and uh, and he said like because uh, I think both them had like just given up at that point or something like that or yeah anyway um and he said but you know don't you miss waking up in the gutter like wondering how the hell you got there <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah and the other one turned around and went of course that never goes away <laughs> but, yeah that complete abandon that abandonment and, and the romantic idea of oh you know you know what fun what fun it was to be you know like an absent quinic quiffic coughing like poets when I was at, at my heyday it's like 
that's just a weird story you made up in your head. Well, there we go. And it comes back to this this theme that we keep we keep coming back to the storytelling that unfortunately yeah. we, you know, and I think it is true because I, you know, I stopped drinking myself for like maybe I think it was about 14 months in the end. Um, and then since then I've done, you know, maybe three or four months here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, trying to make the big decision like you made again, uh, and and actually really trying to go for it this time. But uh, it is true, it, the the storytelling creeps in, yeah. and you start to tell yourself things like, you know, you're missing out. You're, you know, like you you romanticize the alcohol and the experience that other people are having and how your experience is going to be, you know, boring and life is going to be boring and, you know, and it's, it's not true, but in those low moments, you start to believe it if you're not careful. Yeah. And it's it's in those low moments that we start to believe anything, isn't it? You know, Mm. you know, um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, I suppose that could go down a whole new rabbit hole, actually, speaking about, yeah, people (laughs) people preying on lonely, on lonely men with extreme ideals. Um, But yeah, the, um, Something which I found really helpful, actually, which, you know, look, I think quite a lot of people when they give up drinking, don't go to pubs and they don't go out. Mm. That's probably good, I'd say, for like the first couple of weeks, maybe, or something, you know, when you're sort of, you know, especially if you're a heavy drinker, like letting all the crap get out of the body, really. Um, but I think going out and, you know, going to parties and, and still socializing with friends is really important. Mm, uh, absolutely, and actually, yeah. it 100% helps with this, because what I found is, it's like, oh, right. So what I really enjoy is hanging out with my mates and having a good laugh, like bullshitting with my mates and talking like a whole load of nonsense banter, which you can still totally do sober. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, you're, you're actually coming out with funny jokes getting you're sober <laughs> as they're going on. Yeah. Um, you know, especially like with the English culture and sort of taking the piss out of each other. Like you managed to sort yeah, of... Yeah, you're, you're actually you're actually quick. <laughs> <laughs> or quicker than they are, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, you can still have that banter, but, you know, it gets to about 9.30, 10, well, not 9.30, like 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock. And, and you're, you're tired. You're tired because you, you've not had the sugar for, for mm. a start, but, you, but you're but you also kind of tired because, you know, you've had a lot of social interaction. Mm. Um, Naturally and tired. Yeah, yeah and, and you also realise that actually, you know. They're I getting annoying. Go home, go to bed, and I can have a nice early start again tomorrow and do what I want to do. Yeah. yeah and all my mates are starting to become a little bit annoying now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true it's, i've, it's heard, I've heard this story three times today already you know so, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can just yeah. sort of you know make your way and, and head on out yeah i think uh when when i uh did that that year without drinking i was uh still living in the center of barcelona and uh before mm. i did the year not drinking i was i was going out all the time and you know, yeah. and, and and living that kind of lifestyle. And then I just decided to stop. And I was determined to carry on going out and, you know, and drinking, you know, zero, zero uh, beer and things like that. And and it, it was really hard for the first few weeks. But you know what? After a while, I got used to it and exactly what you're talking about. Uh, well done. You know, I, I, I just, I enjoyed the early part of the evening, um, you know, and it was fun and it was great. And I actually, I felt like it was really good for me to be socializing without that, without that crutch, you know, mm-hmm. to just, yeah. to be there and to be myself, actually my real self, not this, yes. this fake version of myself. 
Um, you know, and I think it actually forced me to to change a lot as a person that year with, without alcohol in a oh, really positive way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It really, it really helps you grow because you're not, you're not relying on that sort of, yeah, that sort of social lubricant, are you? So you kind of, you, you kind of learn that one, it's okay to be quiet and it's okay to be a bit shy. And yeah. Like, you know, that, yeah. that, that was nice, a nice realization is like, actually that's all right. Um, and then the other one, yeah, which I think, you know, you, maybe you were, you were sort of um, alluding to there, but you know, you, you, you learn sort of new social skills, you know, you realize that sometimes you do have to be the first person to go and start a conversation or something else. Um, you know, because you're not just there all shouting away at a table in a bar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know it, it takes a lot more, a, a lot more to sort of do these things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's really, really fascinating uh, that that you've uh, that you've done that. Um, okay, so I mean, there's there's many more things that I could I could ask you, um, you know, but we are beginning to run out of time. Um, so I did want to to kind of uh, to just ask you one last question, and 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 that yeah. is. If you only had, uh, it's quite a tricky one. If you only had one piece of uh, advice for people who, who might be struggling with anxiety, OCD, depression, whatever it is that they are struggling with, um, what would your advice be? Mm, that is a good one. I think I, I think the main and the, and the clearest one is that it's okay. You know that whatever you're feeling whatever you're going through whatever you're thinking about yourself about the world anything else it's all right like you're allowed to feel that way it's okay like that's normal like that's absolutely normal even if you're having like crazy crazy ideas like that's normal that's okay um but then just yeah kind of breathe into them really so again sort of going back to you know when i was talking about stuff you know, the, the, the taking the deep breath is literally just take a few deep breaths and just feel feel into what's going on, whether it's in the head or in the body or anything else. Um, you know, knowing that it's okay, knowing that it's normal, knowing that it's a part of you, that there's not something wrong. You know, it's not something that we should try and bury and and get rid of or you know, you know, sort of cut out of ourselves or anything like that. You know, it's part of us and that's okay. But just breathing into it and 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 seeing how we, yeah, how we sit, how we feel with it. And just letting it letting it dissipate or uh, clarify or just see where it goes. Yeah, Again, absolutely. But knowing that it's okay, you know, yeah. you're not weird or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a, an important message. I mean, so often, um, you know, we're not allowing ourselves to to feel certain things or to to be in certain ways mm. and we get angry with ourselves or upset with ourselves how like how dare and that's, i and that's definitely the worst thing to do yeah for sure mm. like how dare i be like this in this situation i should feel stronger i should be i should be quicker i should be better and you know mm. and it's 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 not fair we're we're putting ourselves under enormous pressure uh to kind of come back to what you were talking about earlier at the start yeah you know it's um so yeah using using the breath to 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 kind of check in with yourself on a more regular basis um yeah yeah it's it, it's it's just like the you know the, the light breathing exercise where we just we just sit and we become aware of our breath and then we just notice how we're breathing and then we just start breathing slightly lighter and we just let the body just 
you know whatever all the systems within the body just start to readjust mm. you find that nice homeostasis you know that's a really simple basic you know you're just sitting there and breathing through your nose yeah it's actually a very powerful um exercise to do i think especially in this modern world where we're constantly like you know overstimulated anyway absolutely yeah absolutely Okay, um, Gus, if people uh, want to find out more about you, I know I don't know if uh, any of the listeners are living in the Bristol area or if you, you do tours uh, around the UK. I know that you, you've been down to Totnes. I think I saw you, uh, you did a workshop there, the area I'm from. Um, yeah. So, we've been all around the Southwest, hopefully, hopefully break into London this year as well. At ooh, some point. Yeah. Big smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big bad city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so if people want to find out more about you, what can they do? Um, easiest way really is, um, well, if, if they're on Instagram, uh, uh, my, my Instagram handle is breath and ice. So breath and ice does what it says on the tin. Um, and I've also got a website, which is uh, gushoyt.com. Um, but like most people's websites, it hasn't been updated in about six months. Uh, so yeah, Instagram's the best or yeah, just 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 drop me a line. Yeah. Uh, soon. Yeah. Gus, yeah, thanks so much for your time. It's been it's been great talking to you. Our pleasure as always. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com, and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.